Oh, wait, 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 guys. Uh, hold on. I got a better theme song for this one. Welcome to Not Uncut. Oh my god. Yeah. Did you did you hire an acapella group to do that? Just one guy. I sent him our theme song composed by Adam Salzberg, and this man, Rob Morris, created a special acapella version for this very special episode. That is that is very good. <laughs> I'm Alex Salzberg. I'm Harley Anoff. And this is Goy Boy. Hi, Goy. Hey. How's uh How's it going? What's up, G-Boy? Ooh, Nothing much. I, I got a shout out in an episode of New Girl. What? I know. Did you guys see that? Oh, oh, yeah. Schmidt yeah. used the phrase Goy Boy derisively. Wait, and did it was that, was, that a, was that a recent episode? Yeah, it was like yeah, the was finale a, or whatever. Oh, second season wow. finale, I think. That's yeah. crazy. That's, yeah. Can you play that clip? That's a curse. Stop being such a Goy Boy. You go find Merle. Wait, wait, wait. I got a better one. And then I play an acapella version. Goy Boy. Um man it's good to be here it's good to Speaking be here of acapella um let's not beat around the bush we have like some very special guests on today's episode who do you uh, have that, you guys you guys remember uh a show that was on when we were kids do you remember a show goy called where in the world is carmen san diego i do but i gotta confess i actually only played the video game interesting <laughs> okay. cool right. this is a really this must be a really special episode for you guys yeah wouldn't what network was it on? What network was it on? PBS. Yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. I was watching Fox or something. Too educational. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it was on like after Salute Your Shorts or whatever, maybe. But but I like the video game. Okay. Well, this episode might be meaningful to other people. <laughs> now, to me, getting a chance to to talk to these guys was actually pretty exciting because I did I did watch a lot of PBS and and PBS shows were a big part of my childhood. Um, we talked about this. The scariest TV show I watched was a show about math. Yeah, that's true. Oh, geez. Well, okay. For the, for right. those of you who are less familiar with Carmen Sandiego, it was a show on in the early '90s where uh, the three contestants—it was a game show—would have to solve a mystery, much like the video game Goy Boy. Um, a the video game to... Goy Boy. Sign me up. <laughs> Goy Boy coming to Nintendo. It's like Paper Boy. Goy Boy. Actually, you know, he just on... goes. He just goes to different temples. <laughs> I was going to say, based on Goy's um, ethnic background, Super Mario World is Goy Boy. Yeah, that's like so. my, that's my life story. It's an autobiography. <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Um, was contestants had to solve geography clues in order to uh, advance through the game. And sort of the story behind each episode, like in the video game, which I also played, was that a uh, international crook named Carmen Sandiego would, I think she would steal like landmarks and stuff. So they it would open with like, oh, the Eiffel Tower is missing. That's bad. Let's deal with that. God, you should be on that show. Thank you. I've been saying that for years. That really, they are doing a reboot. Really good. Goy, what do you remember about the video game? I honestly just wanted to get to know Carmen and I could never get close to her, you know? Hmm. That's deep. What do yeah. you mean? She just was like cold? She, <laughs> you never like interacted with her. You were always kind of very passive aggressive. She's in the very yeah. yeah, and like her face was never facing forward. It was always like a side angle view of that yeah. red hat. 
they, they had like weird cartoon villains. They'd be like, ah, Hamburger Jones has stolen the Arc de Triumph. <laughs> so yeah, um, Rockapella was the house band for this game show, which is kind of an unusual scenario, but basically they would intro and outro the show with the song, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, which you guys would probably recognize. And um, they would also do like little sketches and they would kind of sing little ditties throughout the show. Harley and I uh, talked to two members of Rockapella. They're the only two current members who were in Rockapella during Carmen Sandiego. Right. During um, its heyday. Yeah. And they were not founding members. The band was founded by Sean Altman. In 1903. Yes. Uh, <laughs> during the uh, great instrument strike yeah, of- uh, I almost believe that, by the by the way. <laughs> During Prohibition, they they also they bundled liquor with um with instruments. So yeah. right, so there were no instruments for anyone to oh play. Right. Uh, no, in uh, 1986, um, Sean Altman, Elliot Kerman, Steve Keys, and David Sticks founded the band Rockapella. Um, and uh, over the years, the members have changed. But during the Carmen Sandiego years, uh, Jeff Thatcher came on during the third year of the five year run of Carmen Sandiego, and. Uh, we'll talk to him in a moment because he had some interesting stuff to say about acapella and uh, mouth drumming slash vocal percussion, which is a pretty unique career path. Is that is that what we're talking about? What are we talking about? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Goy, you're hired. <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff Thatcher, and I'm the mouth drummer vocal percussionist, whatever you want to call it, for uh, the longtime infamous acapella group, Rockapella. Uh, I, I joined, uh, actually, it's my 25th anniversary. I joined when I was six years old. <laughs> for the people out there that aren't that familiar with acapella terms, can you tell us what the uh, vocal percussionist or what the definition is? Well, it's a funny thing because when I joined... The idea of doing that with an acapella group hadn't been done much. Really? I know it's, it's a shock to everyone to hear that, but I'm old, so I get to say that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, back in, back in the late 70s, it was how uh, rapper collectives, I guess you'd call it, not necessarily groups, but just people hanging out who didn't have money for drum machines, which were a new thing back then, but sometimes costly. They would have a guy do mouth drums. And, you know, there's a history in the world history has cultures doing mouth percussion. That's not something that was invented in the 70s. But to do it, imitating a device was something that happened in the late 70s. But it wasn't until the very beginning of the 90s, a light bulb went over someone's head and the very young acapella scene, nothing like it is today. Somebody said, let's try that. Let's have a full-time guy be our drummer. It's a lot of work to do it for two hours. Rockapella was thinking, okay, how do we do this on stage? It was that tough of a question. They had a record deal in Japan where they had been using sampled drum sounds, uh, mouth percussion sounds, on their albums in japan and they were like how do we do this live uh they did an advertisement which was on a paper document in the acapella society of america still around casa.org they had a newsletter on paper and they did an ad in the paper in the paper document and i got it in the mail that 
was it. I started with Rockapella and we started doing TV and radio. I got on the, I joined halfway through Carmen San Diego and PBS didn't want to pay for a fifth guy. So I ended up only on the fifth season of Carmen San Diego, but I was performing from the third to the fifth season and then on and on and on. And now I co-own the group many, many years later. And I was very, I felt very fortunate to get a job doing that. As you can imagine, Rockapella had a lot of exposure they had tv before carmen san diego and then they had where in the world is carmen san diego on pbs which some of your listeners their moms watched it as kids <laughs> no a lot of the listeners that trust me <laughs> that's 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 the that's the demographic we have they all watched it oh yeah oh we cool loved it. <laughs> well you know it's a it's an it's a cross-generational thing now because the people teaching music in schools right now are carmen kids they watched Carmen as kids, and they have their own children, and then those older people, their parents watched with them. So it's a very interesting position if you survive this long as a, a music act to be in the position of seeing this evolution. And now, of course, you've got movies about acapella, you've got TV and competitions, and it's all just kind of there. But it had a nerd label yeah. back in the early 90s. And... Groups like Rockapella and other and other groups, uh, there weren't that many. Were trying to break that label. So you got the ad in the in the mail. If you can imagine an advertisement going out, it would be on the web now. You would get digital submissions, and you would get probably thousands of beatboxing vocal percussion people. But back then, they got about eight. Yeah, and they were all on cassette. This was nineteen late ninety three, and I used my big silver metal and plastic boombox to record myself doing my shtick and i sent that cassette through this really exotic method back then it was called fedex <laughs> i got a, a call for a, a call back eventually about oh about a month or two maybe a month later they happened to be passing through la for some reason and i got to audition in person and then they waited a long time i thought i'd never hear from them again <laughs> So I got a, I, that was the first audition. I got a call back and went to New York, and that was it. I knew they were good, and that's basically what I told my parents because back then you tell them you're going to move to New York. <laughs> After moving to L.A., you're going to move to New York and do mouth drums for an acapella group. <laughs> right. Not so exotic now, very exotic then. And so off I went. And I hope that as we all get older, we keep that spirit of adventure in our lives. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, right. Do you have any fond memories from filming or anything that would surprise us about the filming of that show? The song clues, which are always the big Rockapella fun thing to do because they'd wear costumes and so forth. As the years went by, they got more and more complex. The props department won, uh, I think, one or two daytime Emmys for the creativity involved because, again, it's PBS. They didn't have a lot of money. I remember seeing this all happen, and by the time I got to the fifth season where I was part of it, you know, they were strapping things on my head, and I was, uh, the props were insane. I wore, one time I wore a smoking volcano sculpture on my head. Uh, there are clips of us dressed as um, bananas, um, trolls, all kinds of stuff, and I just remember it being very fun and very fast and in between uh the camera rolling they would play his there's a rainbow round my shoulder there's a rainbow round my shoulder and so what's one of the like funniest or craziest or weirdest stories of like one of the shows you guys did the funniest one i would say is 
Um, we've done a lot of radio shows as we travel around. You know, you go on a morning radio show, morning chat show. There was one uh, pop station in Los Angeles not long after the O.J. Simpson trial <laughs> where it's, it's, it's almost hard to describe, but there were three people there. There was Cato Kalin, the buddy of O.J. Oh, God. There was Gary Coleman from Different Strokes, the, <laughs> the height, height challenged actor who sadly has passed on since. Yep. And there was uh, Rip Taylor, the walrus mustached old comedian who would throw confetti in the air as part of his act. Those three were on the radio show with Rockapella. Huh. And it, it was a long story, but I'll, 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 needless to say, we got a couple of photos and. Uh, Rip Taylor said our salmon had nice legs, and it just was the weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strange group of people. It was great, but you know, you just kind of look around, going, "This is fun." We really appreciate you talking to us. This was um, a treat for uh, a older than twenty-five-year-old Carmen Sandiego fan. And uh, don't be a stranger just because you've gotten older doesn't mean rock pellet isn't there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she sneaks around the world from so one one thing he said was the audition process, they had to send a cassette tape in. I mean, Harley, like, uh, as you're a performer and, you know, occasionally audition for things, like, th- that's a big difference from how you yeah, look I mean, for jobs, Yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot, but I will tell you, like, it sounds, like, here's the thing, though. So it was interesting because they basically, like, found out about it or Jeff found out about it on some, like, I don't know. It was in the newspaper. Yeah, I it was think, like something or a magazine. Like that. What's but, a newspaper? But yeah, no, actually, Jeff Jeff said in that interview they got only eight submissions for Mouth Drummer. If a project ever needs like an actor or singer now, and like there's any sort of money or anything involved, like mm. you're gonna get thousands yeah. of submissions. Whereas like back in the day, eight people applied for this job Although by he, sending he a cassette s- in the mail. Yeah, he kind of spoke to this though. Mouth Drummer is sort of a new thing back then. So I think I think had it been like, hey, Rockapella needs a tenor, it would have been more people. I think that like there's just way too many people trying to be performers these days because it's so much easier to like back in the day you actually had to put the work in and I just feel like the competition was not as like Yeah, I mean like like any three chumps can have a podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well now that old man Harley is done shaking his cane at the new kids on the Acapella I do that a scene. Lot. I know it's. I love it. We need a theme song. The, the cane for it. shaking. So now let's check in with our interview uh, with Scott Leonard, who is the tenor and is the current um, arranger of music. Or Harley, what's the correct term for that? Arranger. <laughs> cool. Wait, wait. Cool, you cool, mean acapella cool. arrangement? He arranges the songs for the band right now. So he's the vo- yeah vocal arrangement. The cool thing about Scott is that he is the guy who. You know, in the in the Rockapella song, there's there's I think there's there's one person who sings, and that's Scott, and it's the like. Well, I guess they all sing, but he does it's the, acapella like, by by definition. They all sing. Yeah, but he's the one that does like the. Let's talk to Scott Let's right now. Scott. Hi, I'm Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Just Scott. kidding, guys. That that wasn't Scott. <laughs> Scott, that was so good. Uh, um, here's the real Scott. Steal their soul in South Korea, make another cup right off the Hey, I'm Scott Leonard. I 
And the last guy left from the beginning of Where in the World is Karma San Diego? 1991. My role is um, I arrange all the music, write it. Um, I'm kind of the front man, I guess. How did you get involved in the show? I went over there to sing at Tokyo Disneyland with a rock band. Got a record deal there. But I had always wanted to live, move to New York having grown up in Indiana. So when I was home for a brief stint, I saw an ad in backstage for a group called Rockapella that was looking for a certain type of tenor. And um, nobody heard of Rockapella. They were just still had day jobs. And But I was like, you know what? This might get me to New York and I could, you know, take it from there. Had you done acapella before then? You know, I had always grown up loving, always loved male harmony stuff. Uh, then in high school, I sang with like the barbershop quartet. So I got with Rockapella. And as soon as I got here is when we got Karma San Diego. PBS said, you guys want to be the house band on this new show called Where in the World's Karma San Diego? We're like... Yes, we do. We're just singing on the street. It turned out to be a popular thing and led on to other things. At first, I'll tell you, the first year of Rockapella was 90%. It was, it was, we did Madison Square Garden with Billy Joel. We did Whoopi Goldberg HBO special. Wow. We did wow. tonight, we did the New Year's Eve Tonight Show, first one for Jay Leno. And uh, it was a, it was a whirlwind the first year. And it's all been downhill since, <laughs> I tell you. And I thought I'd be doing Rockapella for a couple of years. And, here I am 27 years later, still doing it. What was that audition like? Like, what did they have you do? What was the process? So I was sending tapes, like videos. Like back in the day, you had VHS. I had a VHS of me doing stuff, sent it out to various places. I remember I remember being in the li- in the living room. My, my wife said, whatever happened to that New York group that you sent your stuff to? And it was like, this is like, Maybe a few weeks after I said anything, I was like, "Well, that's right. I forgot." It's like that was that tape was definitely at least worth a call. So right when she said that, my phone rang. It was Sean. He was like, "Hey, would you come up and sing a rock bell?" So they sent me some couple songs to learn, some parts to learn, and then I flew up and sang with them and watched they had a weekend where they had a show somewhere, some club down in the village. Um, the rest is history. Um, what can you tell us about yeah. the process of being a house band for a game show, which? It's not true of every game show. Not many have that, I don't think. Well, it's interesting that we would shoot the whole season in six weeks. Um, it was an intense six weeks because we would do multiple musical clues throughout this. That's 65 shows. So you would do them all in six weeks. In that game show, there were three sections. There was a the front game, which was kind of like Jeopardy. And then the middle game, which was kind of like Concentration, where you had the two remaining contestants they would flip things over and get clues and have to make a match like a concentration game or i'm not sure what the online game is it's like that and then the third one would be where the person that was left there'd be a huge map on the ground of some continent and then they would have to go around and label all the different countries that they they told them to label so the first year they they shot that thing start to finish all through so it was like running around it was like a radio show where you're like okay i'm going to do this now then you rock a pellet clue then you, it was all live you just live taped it then after that they got smart and realized oh you know what we should do all the rock a pellet clues at the same time and then we just throw the show the tape of it during when we actually have the contestants there in the game going so the first like week of the production would be all rock a pellet like 25 songs you know like uh, with different lyrics or whatever so that was really intense but then after that we could just kind of sit back and just kind of walk on for the lip sync to the theme song at the end of the show and it was kind of a lot more relaxed 
Oh man! Oh, so you guys uh, were lip syncing to the theme song. That's a scoop, Scott. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we were definitely not singing. Well, I might have been singing out loud, but nobody heard it because it was just the the tape, the record version. What would you say was your favorite part? Um, Looking back on it, so we look think of it so fondly, but it was like it was so much work. We were just like, oh god, because that that limo would come pick you up like at five thirty in the morning. And oh, it was like. Yeah. Oh yeah, by the, by the sec- second or third season, it, oh, I don't know that it was a limo. You know, it was like a town car. What are your interactions like with fans now of different ages? The more talented generation. This is my theory. All the, these young kids and they've been exposed to so much stuff on everything on YouTube on on like it's just at their fingertips and they've never heard it. Everything's been auto tuned ever since they they've heard it, so everything sounds perfectly in tune. So they just they don't know how to sing flat. It's like everybody sings in tune. Everybody's just better. And like they, they know every style. It's like my daughter's got a, uh, a group at, at high school, an acapella group. And I'll do an arrangement for them and I'll send it to them. Oh like my a, God. <laughs> a, a day later, a day later, they'll like, they'll send me like a recording of it. I'm like, God, you people are so fast. They're so, so they're so skilled. I'm impressed. You, are you like the coolest dad in the world? I mean, when you think of acapella, it's rockapella. It's the equivalent of like, I feel like a, an actor, you know, who's friends with somebody and their father being, uh, you know, Richard Gere or somebody like how is that? Is it, is it like that kind of, uh, you know, I think they're too young. I mean, they get it. I mean, they get the, they see online the history and the kind of significance of the group in that genre, but you know, they're so young, they don't have a personal connection to it. So they don't know that they're getting the Led Zeppelin of acapella, given them they're near their energy. <laughs> what has kind yeah. of kept you around for so long? Um, what throughout all the changing members and you know changes yeah, really. with the band? I just love the music. It's so much fun. I mean, to to have these to make these arrangements and these songs, and then have them executed by such such talent. Um, it's so much fun. I just don't know what else to. do. It's just I just get up and make music every day. We do probably. 60 shows a year so you know that's a lot of days where i'm home and i could be mr mom and and uh it's just been a good life are you guys going to be involved in that there's that carmen san diego animated series coming to netflix next year we are in talks with them i made a new uh uh carmen san diego theme so we are pushing that to them hard and there there's interest there but whether or not they they bring us on we are claiming it for our own it's like you know what we're rockapella we're carmen san diego so this song is you know exactly you know, so we're uh, we're on it. There's in fact, there's two productions. There's an animated and there's a live action too. So oh, there's oh, two really? different pro- two different production companies. So it's a bunch going on. Yeah, oh, very. It, cool. it wouldn't seem right to us without you. Um, yeah, well, I, thank feel like, you. I feel like they would lose a lot of the uh, you know fans in their twenties and thirties if uh, if you guys weren't uh, somehow involved. Thank you. I see that online. That you when you see the Carmen San Diego thing come up, you see a lot. Of, it's like. Well, you got to get Rockefeller, right? So you know, Carmen San Diego was a big deal for for a lot of people. You know, growing up in the '90s, and do you guys feel like rock stars? Like, did you, you know, what what sort of crazy like fan encounters or you know ever happened? We had some crazy fans, crazy fan encounters. I'll tell you, oh my God, this one lady. I get this call, Bob McGrath. He's like this guy who was on from the early days of Sesame Street. Okay. He calls me up, Scott. Leonard, this is Bob McGrath. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Bob McGrath. He's like, Bob McGrath from Sesame Street. I just wanted to call and thank you for Christmas present, for the tie. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I, I hadn't sent him a tie or any, I, I didn't know him. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm like, okay. I just trying to play along. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't, I was like, maybe my wife. He said, yeah, your wife and you sent 
me this tie it's really thoughtful i didn't expect it and I'm like okay my wife did i'm like okay she's like yeah it says right here merry happy holidays from scott and laura laura my wife's name is lisa oh my god <laughs> where in the world is carmen san diego tell me where in the world is carmen san diego so guys, thank you so much for listening to our Rockapella episode. What an exciting guest to have on our show. I, I have a much greater appreciation for the group Rockapella now that I've gotten to know Scott and Jeff. I think Yeah. Does it make you want to like go back and watch Carmen San Diego? Yeah, are they on Netflix? They're on YouTube. They've grown. They've grown on me. Like, how can I find out more information about Rockapella? Well, you can head to rockapella.com. You can see their upcoming tour dates. If you're also interested in our stuff, you can go to notuncutpod.com or uh, at notuncutpod on Instagram. Oh, and please rate and review us. Thank you to Rob Morris for our acapella intro, and thank you to Adam Salzberg for our usual intro. And thank you to the acapella members we spoke to, Scott Leonard and Jeff Thatcher. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Shabbat Shalom Yeah (laughs) Alright That was a thing that happened Wait, you know, no, you know what might be cool is if you start it and then you're like, wait, 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 wait. You know what? I got something better. And then, you know. Okay. So like a little bit. Yeah. Like kind okay, of like, so- like you start it and then you're like, hold on guys. Wait, 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 wait. For this episode, I think we got to, I think we got to do something a little different with the theme song. And then like, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. La, 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 That's a good bit. Okay. That's a good bit. Okay. You so let's that. pretend, let's pretend that I just played the, uh, the, the regular one that you and then started stopped it. that you started so oh actually look, i just stopped that theme song because we have a better one is that right no. you were looking for no, yeah you, but well, you, you don't do try like that say hold on guys wait, wait hold wait, on wait, hold wait. on wait i hit the wrong one or something to that effect you know okay so whoa uh, oh hold, hold on guys <laughs> right, let, me coach I, I you. let me coach you on this acting <laughs> I, no i got it Oh, wait, 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 guys, uh, hold on. I got a better theme song for this one. By the way, can I say this is my favorite opening to this show since we've done this? Like, I love this. Goy, you realize that when I edit, I choose what's funniest, and I think what's going to be funniest is us arguing about how to do this bit and not the actual bit. <laughs> <laughs>